Welcome to Walking with Moses, where we walk through the first five books of the Bible from two unique perspectives. My name is Dylan White, and I come from a Messianic Jewish background. And my name is Jordan Gann, and I come from an Evangelical Christian background. Now, today is March 9th, 2022, or the 6th of Adar II in the year 5782 on the Jewish calendar. And today we're going to be reading and discussing Leviticus chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Now, if his offering is a sacrifice of fellowship offerings or a peace offering, if from the herd, whether male or female, he is to offer one without blemish before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and slaughter it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, are to splash the blood around on the altar. He is to bring the sacrifice of fellowship offerings, an offering made by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the innards, all the fat that is on the entrails, as well as the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins plus the cover on the liver that he must remove with the kidneys. Aaron's sons are to burn it up as smoke on the altar on top of the burnt offering, which is over the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering made by fire, a soothing aroma to the Lord. If his gift for a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord is from the flock, he is to offer a male or female without blemish. If he is bringing a lamb for his offering, he shall present it before the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of his offering and slaughter it before the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons are to splash its blood around on the altar. From the sacrifice of fellowship offerings, he shall bring a gift made by fire to the Lord. Its fat, the entire tail fat cut away close to the backbone, along with the fat that covers the innards and all the fat that is on the entrails, as well as the two kidneys and the fat that is over them, which is by the loins, plus the cover on the liver that he is to remove with the kidneys, the priest is to burn it up as smoke on the altar, as a food offering made by fire to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, then he shall present it before the Lord. He is to lay his hand on its head and slaughter it before the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons are to splash its blood around on the altar. From it he is to offer as a sacrifice an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the innards, all the fat that is on the entrails, the two kidneys, and the fat that is over them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver, which he must remove with the kidneys. The priest is to burn them on the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire for a soothing aroma. All fat is for the Lord. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all of your dwellings that you must not eat fat nor blood. How is it different than the burnt offering in chapter 1? All three of these offerings we just talked about over the last couple chapters, the burnt offering, the grain offering, and now the peace offering, are all voluntary offerings. So you look at the burnt offering, even though it's voluntary, it comes to atone. To atone for what? For violating a positive commandment. You have a commandment that you're supposed to perform, and you didn't. Therefore, you saw a deficiency inside of yourself, and therefore you came and you brought this offering after you repented. The peace offering is not meant for atonement. It's called zevach shlamim, that is an offering for peace. It's rooted in this word shalom. Peace. It means peace. So the peace offering is called a peace offering because, well, everybody gets a peace and it establishes peace in the world. With regards to everybody getting a piece, the blood and the fat go on the altar to God, the breast and the thigh go to the priest, and the hide and the flesh go to the owner. Now, the way that it establishes peace in your life and in the world, it sends a message to God that we are seeking his goodwill and his compassion, that he would bestow upon us his blessings for peace and prosperity. The peace offering wasn't brought to atone. It was brought for the purposes of giving thanks to God or any good that happens in one's life. You have a baby, you bring a peace offering. Get an approval on a loan, bring a peace offering, right? This is an opportunity for you to give back to God in your thanks. 
And there are three different types of peace offerings here in this chapter. The first of which is from the cattle in verse one. It says if his offering is a sacrifice of fellowship offerings, if it's from the cattle or from the herd, you know, referring to like cows and bulls and things like this, whether male or female, he is to offer one without blemish before the Lord. So let me stop you there. In the burnt offering, it must be male. Mm -hmm. But here it can be male and female. You have a larger option when it comes to what you bring. However, whether you bring male or female in this case, it still has to be unblemished. I see. And so here it says that uh, in verse two, that he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and slaughter it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. I believe that we referred to this back in chapter one when talking about the burnt offering, that we lay our hands on the animal. What's the purpose of this? It's to make a connection with that animal. It's a representation of our own soul. Mm. So by physically connecting with that animal and then having to slaughter that animal, now we're coming and we're saying, may I use the good that's come in my thanksgiving to you as the drive to slaughter the animal instinct within me. Aaron's sons, the priests, are to splash the blood all around the altar. Now, anybody can come and slaughter the animal. You can slaughter it. The priest can slaughter it. But only one group of people can sprinkle the blood. The priests come and they sprinkle the blood around the altar. Now, what does blood represent in the Bible? It represents life. And therefore, it actually represents also our passions. If we're associating with the animal, the blood represents our passions. Where should our passions be oriented? God. Oh, yeah, around the altar, right? The, around the service of God. May my passions be centered on the service of God. In verse 3, he is to bring from the sacrifice of fellowship offerings and offering me by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the innards and all the fat that is on the entrails as well as the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, plus the cover on the liver that he must remove with the kidneys. So he's taking of these fat portions and the kidneys and a lobe of the liver and offering them before the Lord. Those organs, while typically we would eat the red meat, the muscle, the Lord gets those specific organs and the fat around them. If you were gonna eat an animal and you wanted to get something really nutritious out of it, that's really dense, you need the kidneys and the liver. Right. So if you're going to give God the best of that animal, you're going to give him the kidneys and the liver. Now, here it says in verse 5 that Aaron's sons are to burn it up as smoke on the altar on top of the burnt offering, which is over the wood that is on the fire. So you're saying that before you would add these things, the burnt offering that we read from chapter 1 is already on the altar. Exactly. The burnt offering takes precedence. It actually teaches us a very powerful lesson. The burnt offering is offered for atonement, those positive commandments that we violated. However, the peace offering is coming out of thanksgiving, out of one's abundance, out of one's resolve to connect with God and with people. We can't come and bring an offering before God to connect with him and to connect with others until we've first repented and found atonement for our sins. We can't be in a place of sinful deficiency and yet think that we're going to find peace with God and people. And that's why the burnt offering is offered before the peace offering. So verse six says, if his gift for a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord is from the flock, they are male or female. They're also to be without blemish. All the same qualifications are there for the sheep as they are for the cattle, with one exception. Tail of the sheep. Exactly, mentioned in verse nine. For sheep, if you think of a modern day sheep that we have in North America, were not exactly the same as what the Israelites would have had with them at the time. They didn't have North American sheep. Exactly. These sheep would have had just a ring of dense fat, somewhere between five and 30 pounds. Wow. And if you want to see an image of this, you can actually go online and look up an Awasi sheep. And that's, uh, that's an Australian bred sheep, but it's something that we think would be similar to what they would have had then. And it's just a sheep with 
a large mass of fat. So the idea is again, going back to giving God the best. Exactly. It goes on to talk about the offering of the kidneys and the fat and the lobe of the liver. It says it's a food offering to the Lord. So let's jump into verse 12 and talk about this goat and how it's a little bit different than the sheep. So here it says that uh, he's to go through the same procedures. He lays his hand on it. Anybody can slaughter it. Aaron's sons dash the blood around the altar, the fat, the kidneys, the lobe of the liver. All of this is the same, but it's missing one key component that the sheep had. The tail. Then it says in verse 16 that the priest is to burn them on the altar. It is the food offering made by fire for a soothing aroma. And then it ends with a very important phrase. Kol chelev l'shem. All the fat belongs to the Lord. It's got the flavor. It's got the juice. That's the best part. So what do we do with it? We have to give it to God. That's the part we most desire. How much more should we desire to give it to him? We have to give God the best. When you are feeding the hungry, are you giving them your scraps, your leftovers? Or are you giving them the best of your table. When giving clothing to those who are poor and naked, right? Are we giving them the hand-me-downs or are we giving them the best of our clothes? When something is designated for holy purposes, only the finest possessions should be separated. How we treat other people is how we treat God because they were created in God's image and likeness. And that's a, and that's a powerful challenge in and of itself. Verse 17 concludes the chapter and it says that this is a eternal statute. In Hebrew, kuchat olam. Always to do this out of faith in all of our generations and in all of our dwelling places. Does this mean I can go offer up the fat in my backyard? No. By studying these offerings and learning from their principles, God considers it as if we had went and sacrificed this offering in the holy temple. So we study these things in faith. And here it ends with the words, don't eat fat and don't eat blood. So why don't we eat the unkosher fat, the fat around the organs, the best? That belongs to God. Right, and why don't we eat the blood? because the blood represents life and life belongs to God. So we're not to take the best for ourselves. We're not to be consumed by unholy passions or use our life's blood for unholy purposes. That if we desire to have peace with God and with people, and this is the lesson that we receive from the Shlemim offering, tomorrow we'll pick up in chapter four. We hope you will join us then for another episode of Walking with Moses. Mm -hmm.